Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. All right, well, let's get into the Word today. Um, if you're a visitor, welcome. We love having you guys here. We've been in, um, uh, we've been in a series where we've been kind of the last few weeks talking about the Holy Spirit and just the roles of the Holy Spirit in our lives as believers. And so we talked a few weeks back about the filling of the Holy Spirit. He fills us with his fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He fills us with truth. He fills us with direction. We talked about being tethered to him and what it looks like to keep in step with him. So he's got this filling nature. And then a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the empowerment nature of the Holy Spirit, where he comes in and he empowers us. And we talked a little bit about the supernatural and, and how we walk in the supernatural. You read the book of Acts and you're like, wow, these people were doing amazing things for the Lord. And so he's got this nature of filling and he's got this nature of empowerment, but there's this third kind of attribute, if you will, and these are all tied together, that the Holy Spirit has a gifting nature as well. So not only does he fill us and empower us, but he gifts us. All tied together, but, but when we talk about all three of these, the filling, the empowerment, and the gift, they're all tied together, but, but when we talk about this today, I want you to see that there is some gifting that maybe or maybe not you're watching empowerment nature and his gifting nature, and I think that if we understand his filling nature and empowerment nature and his gifting nature, we're going to rise up as believers and begin to process and walk the way that Jesus Christ had intended us to. It gives us in Acts chapter 1 verse 4. So this filling empowerment, this gifting, you're going to find all of these tethered to this Acts chapter 1 verse 4. And here's what he says. And while Jesus was staying with them, he already said, you have heard from me for John but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit just a few days from now. And so he he gives this promise of this baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? And then he says this in verse 8, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we've been working through that over these last couple of weeks, right? We've shared this multiple times, that we've got this commission, right, the great commission on us, and that to do it, we need to be filled, we need to be empowered, and we need to be walking in his gifts so that we can see Jesus come. And this is what it is. This is what we're giving ourselves over to. And all of these are important. Filling, empowerment, all of these are important. But I'm wondering if the gifting part for many believers in Christ, if that's the one that we're struggling through right now. I talk with many believers over the years, over the past 20 years of ministry, and, and there's many people just, I just don't know what my purpose is. I just don't know what the Lord's calling me to. Like, I, f- I feel like sometimes I'm just kind of running a race with nowhere, I'm, I'm just not going anywhere. And I think that a lot of that has to do with knowing your purpose and the gifting that God has put on your life. I think it's that big of a deal. And so in saying that, I I know that today there are some in this room where you're probably going, I don't know that I know what my gifting is. And I think it's super important that if we're going to rise up and do the things that God has called us to do, we're going to fulfill that great commission of Jesus. And this is what we're after. Look, I believe that when the church, hello, I believe that when the church is walking out her mission and we're operating in our gifts and we're doing the things that Jesus calls to do, I think that people are going to see him on planet earth through you and I. Amen? Do you believe that? And so this is how important it is to Jesus that we understand our gifting. In fact, because so many times we're kind of lost and we're asking that like, what's my next step? Where am I going? What am I doing? 
I want you to know there is warfare, there is warfare around you not getting to walk into your gifts. There's warfare. This is the enemy strategy right here. He's okay with this term that's not really a term that we've coined with this casual thing that we do in Christianity. He's okay if you live a casual Christian life, which you'll never find in scripture. We've talked about that. He's okay with that, right? But he's not okay with a bunch of believers that get empowered and filled and then understand their gifting. Because when you get empowered and you get filled and you begin to operate in your gifting, he knows that Jesus is manifested on planet earth through his people. And so this right here, there's warfare. This is what the enemy's coming against you right now is do not operate in your spiritual gifts. That's what he fears the most, that you begin to understand the purposes that God has put in your life. So much of the New Testament is dedicated to just this, that when we start to function rightly as the body of Christ, that Jesus is seen. He says it in John 17, that they would become one as we are one, then the world will know me. This is how much emphasis Jesus is putting on this. It's a big deal. And if it's not a big deal to you and I today, it better become a big deal to us today. Because this is how Jesus plans on getting his great commission filled. And when the Great Commission is filled, guess what happens? He comes back. <laughs> Amen? And that's why we're saying, Lord, come. Maranatha, come, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. And so this is, this is something we need to press into. In fact, in the New Testament and the Gospels, what you'll find is that throughout the first part of the Gospels, Jesus is radical to get these uh, men and women to understand that he's the coming Messiah, that he's the one that he's the one. So he spends this time and through his character and healings and all of these amazing things that he does, people start to recognize this guy's different than everybody else. He's fulfilling the prophecies, right? So they get to this place where, where Peter's confession is, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So there's confession, now he's got him, yep, you got it, I'm the one. And then he'll spend the rest of the court. Then in the New Testament letter, knows that the Holy Spirit comes. This is how passionate Jesus was for it. Then in the New Testament letters, the epistles, Paul and Peter and John, they're going to spend a large majority of their time talking about now with the gifts that the Lord has given to us, operating our gifts. Here's what we do now with the gifts that the Lord has given to us. And so when you know your purpose, there's fulfillment. I want you to hear me say this. Yes, there's trial. Yes, there's trouble. Jesus says in this world there's going to be trials and troubles. Yes, there's hardships, but when you know your purpose, there is fulfillment. This is what the war is against your heart, that you won't know your purpose. Now, I'm going to clarify something that we talk about a lot in here. There is a macro-level purpose that we all have. The macro-level purpose is to know Christ, to make him known. It is the Great Commission. All of us are on it. If somebody said, what's your purpose? To know Christ, to make him known. Yes and amen to that. Macro-level, we're all on that thing together. And then there's these micro-level. There's these micro-level, now that I know my macro-level purpose, now that I know this commission that I'm on, what has God gifted me in to come around these other brothers and sisters in Christ so that we can operate together as the body? What, is God, what has God given me? What are the, the gifts that he's given me? What's the role now that I play in this? And so you could say that the Christian life is all of us coming to understand that we are the body of Christ. We don't war against being the head. Jesus is the head. We're the body. Okay? And so I was thinking about this this weekend. Uh, actually, it was last weekend. My air conditioner went out. All right? And I don't know if your air conditioner ever goes out, but sometimes you lose your Christianity when it gets hot. Amen? <laughs> this is why hell is a bad, is this a bad place. I'm just saying. Um, 
So we're in our house, and all of a sudden, the heat's just going up. And I'm cranky. My wife's cranky. Our four kids are cranky. And it's just getting hot in the house. And my wife, in her sweetness, all of her sweetness, she's sweet. But in her sweetness, she's like, do you think the air conditioner's broken, right? I'm like, I don't know if the air conditioner's broken. Everything was running. It says it was running. I listened outside. I could hear it running. It was blowing air. Everything seemed to be working properly, except the house was not getting cool, all right? And so I'm sitting there going, it all sounds good, it all looks good, until I actually went around the house and looked down into my air conditioner and realized the fan wasn't spinning, right? So one component out of the entire air conditioning unit that it takes to run that thing, one component caused it to not function properly. The Lord was stirring my heart during this time of going, that's how the body of Christ works. We can function, and we can look the part, and we can even sound like we're on, we can even blow some air, but if we're not functioning as a whole body and one part's out of disorder, it's not going to do its primary function, amen? We got a lot of blow hearts, come on now, right? (laughs) Together, to be fully functioning as Jesus was. So I want to say this right away, those parents that stick a sticker on the back of their, you are gifted. (laughs) You're gifted. Those parents that stick a sticker on the back of their van and say, my child is in the gifted program, well, you've got one of those, all right? The Lord has gifted you, and here's what gift, through the generosity, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. These are not gifts that we're digging and getting ourselves, and I'm going to really try hard at these things. These are gifts from the generosity of Jesus that he's bestowed on each one of us. Now, here's why this is a big deal. Because in John chapter 3, we read about Jesus, and he says in verse 34, he was sent by God. He speaks God's words. God gives him the spirit. Somebody say, without limit. Without limit limit the father loves his son and put everything into his hands do you know what without limit is translated into without limit (laughs) no limit amen brother without limit it's beautiful you don't have to go well what did he really mean by that it meant it was without limit needed to fulfill his mission given the holy spirit without limit everything that jesus needed to fulfill his mission in life which is to transform the world jesus carried within him Everything he needed. That's why he never, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, he never bumped up against a disease where he's like, I don't know if I've got it in this, to heal this one. He never bumped up against an issue where he's like, I don't know if I can break that power. He never, ever backed down to a sinful, broken world because he had everything he needed. Everything, without limit. Now look what he says here in John 17, 17. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, Jesus says, I'm sending them into the world. So here we go. Jesus carried every gift that was needed for effective ministry. You carry Jesus in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And now here's what we see. All of the things that are needed to transform the earth are in you and I. It's just all of us together. Not one person carries them all. All of us have our gifts. And so when Jesus says, oh, that they would become one, he meant it. That they would become one so that the earth would see Jesus again through you and I. Bring, bringing division knows it. That's why division is the number one thing in the church. It's why bring, bringing division into believers is his strategy. Because when we're divided, people don't get to see all the gifts come together and see Jesus manifested. So Jesus carried them all, and he puts them all in you and I, 
And you could think about it like a basketball team. If you were going to put a basketball team together, you get a point guard, a couple shooting guards, maybe a power forward, maybe a center, right? You're going to have a little bit of diversity in there. You don't want everybody six foot 11. You don't want everybody five foot 10, right? Like, you want some diversity in there. And he's doing the same thing with you and I. He wants that, like, you carry this and you carry this and you operate in this gifting. And when you come together, you're going to be a solid team. Every team has it. People that carry a little bit of a different talent or a little bit of a different gift. And so I want you to think about this in your life. If, 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 if uh, a Michael Jordan, right, if you had all the talent of a Michael Jordan, I was going to say LeBron, but I'm going to say Michael Jordan, all right? If you carry all the talent of uh, uh, Larry Bird, come on now, yeah? Yeah, okay. If you carry all the talent of like a Peyton Manning um, or things, and then you go, you know what? I don't think I'm gonna play basketball. I'm gonna play checkers, right? That's gonna be my sport. Look, if you like checkers, I love checkers, by, by the way. It's the only sport I don't get injured at. Um, uh, but you say, I've got all of this ability I've got all of this ability. I think I'm just going to kind of table that. I'm going to play checkers. That's the way it looks like in our life as believers when we have the Holy Spirit poured out on us and we're setting back, not living our fullest potential, but settling for second rate. This is why we're going, Lord, where are you at? He's going, where are you at? Lord, where are you? Where are you? I poured it out, you've got it in you, you've got the abilities, you've got the gifts that I gave to you, where are you at? So, in saying that, the Christian life is going to require all of us together to be the body of Christ, which he says he's the head, and the body which is his fullness, and Jesus isn't parted out, the bodies kind of come together in fullness to represent him and manifest him. On earth. What you'll see here is this. You'll find these spiritual gifts throughout scripture, but three primary places you'll see them listed. And these are these three primary places right here. The manifestation gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, the equipping gifts, Ephesians 4, we talk about those a lot, and then the grace gifts, Romans 12, which we're going to spend most of our day on today. So we're going to spend most of our time on the grace gifts because with the manifestation gifts, like you know if you have them. If, if you want to know if you have the gift of healing and you lay your hand on somebody, they get healed, I'm going to say you probably have the gift of healing, right? So we're not going to talk about those. We talk about the equipping, uh, equipping gifts a lot. We're going to talk about the grace gifts today. And these grace gifts are these seven gifts that we read about in Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to read through this real quick, and then we're going to talk about these for a little bit. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, he says this, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, uh, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Now listen to this, church. For as one body, we have many members, and the, many men, and the members do not all, do not all have the same function. I want you to hear this. So we, though are many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ, somebody say differ. So here's Paul to the grace given to us, let us use them. So here's Paul telling you and I that we all have different gifts according to the grace that God bestowed on each one of us, and then he has this command, let us use them. Don't set on them, don't put them by the wayside, and don't settle for second best with them. Use the gifts that he's given. And then right after this, he's going to tell you what these seven grace gifts are. And here in just a few minutes, I'm going to put it on the screen, but I'm going to read them to you now. Prophecy, 
serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, and mercy. Prophecy, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, and mercy. Now what we believe is that we believe every single person on planet Earth in Christ Jesus, those that come into Christ Jesus, carries one of these gifts or a few of these gifts. Not everybody carries all of them because Jesus carried them all. Amen? And then he gives to each one as he decides, differing as each one as he decides, that, that then he pours them out on us so that when we come together, we get to be his body. So he's the head through the Holy Spirit leading us. He loves to pour out different his body in these things. And God loves variety. He loves to pour out different gifts on different people. Now here's what's going to happen. Paul's so passionate about this that he's going to tell not only Timothy, but he's going to tell this to us. He's going to say to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.6, you're going to do something that you're going to need. to, make. And because you've got something significant on your life, there's something that you're going to need to make that happen. And so in 2 Timothy 1.6, he says this. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. So Paul's telling Timothy, you need to fan into flames this gift that's been burning in you because there's a significant purpose on your life, macro level and micro level, and he's going, the only way that's going to happen is if you fan it into flames. Otherwise, it's going to lie dormant and just kind of smolder there until you begin to press in and fan it into flames. Now, here's what's interesting here. He doesn't ask him to fan into flames his knowledge. How much do you know, Timothy? He says, fan into flames your information. He says, fan into flames the spiritual gift. I just got to learn more. I just got, and it's good. I, we need, so many times we're, we're chasing after this information. I just got to learn more. I just got, and it's good. I, we need knowledge and we need wisdom in how to use that knowledge. Amen. But most of us in this room right now, we've got this, ah, I want to know the Lord, I, I want to see him, I want to I be close to him, I want to draw into him. But what we really need is we need this spiritual gift to be fanned into flame. We need it burning again in the church, amen? Look what he says right after this. Our famous 2 Timothy 1.7 that we all love to quote, right? We don't even put the first part of that context in it with the 1.6, with the we just go straight to Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us the spirit of what? but of power, love, and sound mind. So we love that one. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But here's the thing. If you're reading it in context, the way in which I'm reading this is the way in which I don't live in fear, but in power, love, and sound mind is by fanning my spiritual gift that the Lord has put in me. When I'm walking with my spiritual gift or gifts that the Lord has put in me, and I'm confident in the purposes the Lord has put on my life, whatever fear comes, the Holy Spirit says, you don't have to fear that. Whatever worry comes, Holy Spirit says, you're walking in your purpose, man. God's got you. You have power, you have love, and you have sound mind because these spiritual gifts don't operate without love. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that, amen? So all of a sudden, we begin to see that the spirit of fear might be trying to come on us when we're not fanning the flame of the gifts that the Lord has given us. And the enemy knows it. Listen, you are functioning your best when you are living out your purpose. So we keep talking about purpose. What is purpose? Let me talk about purpose for just a moment. Um, our big purpose, Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says something 
I think every church leader should know. I think every pastor should know. I think every person who's in some type of a ministry should, role should know. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says, I will build my church. Hey, thanks, Aaron. Way to be super whatever on that, but I've got it. Like, I'm, I can build my church. You just do your role. Amen? What it does is it takes the pressure off of us to think that somehow I'm going to do it on my own, and the Lord's going, I'm going to build my church, and the way I'm going to do it, I'm going to manifest my gifts in all of you, and then together we're going to do this thing together. So when Jesus builds his church, he'll use all the giftings, the Holy Spirit without person in this room. All of us are needed. Things that he's bestowed on each one of us through his spirit, and which means that every person in this room, all of us are needed, all of us are called, all of us are equipped. Are we walking it out? You'll see Paul talk about this. You'll see Peter talk about it. Paul will uh, Peter will talk about like we're living stones stacked upon one another, right? Making the house of the Lord or the temple of the Lord. Paul will go to the body. He's, he's big on the body. He's like, think about how your body operates. And he says it, 1 Corinthians 12, 6. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that, What? We can help each other. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. And then he'll go on and he'll give this really silly description, like the hand's not going to reject the foot, and the nose not going to reject the eye, whatever, right? It's really silly. He's like, your body parts are not going to declare war on one another, unless you're weird, whatever. Um, then he says in verse 18, but our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. I want you to hear this, circle it and underline it. You have a perfect fit. If somebody's walking in this role and you're like, oh, I really wish I could do that. You need to take that up with the Lord because you're telling him he didn't design you rightly and put you rightly. If somebody else is operating in this way and there's a jealousy building up in your heart, it's perfectly. You need to take that up with the Lord because he's going... I put every part where it fits perfectly. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. I know I, I've said this before, but eat monsters. Verse 22, the big eye guy, he's weird. Let's just be honest, he's weird. All right. Verse 22, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest, least important, are the most important and most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honest so that all the members care for each other. If this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Can you imagine a watching world, another one, one griefs? A billion Christians celebrate. With there's division and there's finger pointing, there's high. And all these people are going, that's not natural. Right now there's division and there's finger pointing, there's ha 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 or whatever, and the world's going, yeah, see, see, this is what we thought about them. But imagine if one grieved, we all grieved. If one celebrated, we all celebrated. This is the kind of unity that he's talking about when he says the world will know me when we operate as this body. So Paul paints this picture, uses the body, shares that analogy, and he's essentially saying this. He's essentially saying we've got these functions in these spiritual gifts that are supposed to be there for a watching world. And in this function of built, Jesus is going to build his church. And he's going to do it with you and I in partnership. The first and foremost function of that is he says that we are there, verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help 
each other. So one of the primary functions of the gifts in our life are that we are to help one another. Think about a time where you needed some sound advice and you didn't know who to go to. Someone to pray for you when you needed healing in your life. Someone to speak a word of truth over you when all you heard was the buzz of the enemy's lies and you, you weren't sure, is that a lie, is that a truth? Someone to show you mercy when you just felt like the world was smashing you down. Or someone maybe that, 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 that came in with provision when you didn't know how to pay that bill. And all of a sudden you begin to see like when we're operating and we're building one another up and we're doing these things, we're seeing Jesus manifested in our life. It's awesome. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but it's a unified again. 1 Corinthians 4.12, since you are so eager to have these special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. This isn't about one kick and tail with great music. This is about the whole body operating together so that we can encourage and bless one another. Spiritual gifts are these expressions of faith in our life that encourage and increase the faith in other people's lives. So primary function there is that we build one another up. But there's another function that gifts point people to Christ. The gifts are evidence that Jesus is real and living and everyone who encounters them Man, and you encounter these things, you can't deny it. In Acts chapter 4, verse 16, you get to read a lot of stories about these disciples operating in these things. But here's what it says. What should we do with these men? So these disciples are going around with each other, and they're doing miracles, and these men that are arresting them are going, what should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they performed a miraculous sign and wonder, and everybody in Jerusalem knows it. <laughs> like, we can't hide that. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, let's warn them not to speak to anyone in the name of Jesus again. So they can't contain the fact that these men and women are operating in their spiritual gifts and God is doing a work and everybody's eyes are watching going, this is new. This is interesting. Whose name are they doing this in? And they're doing it in the name of Jesus. Jesus is getting the glory. People are converting to Christianity by the thousands. And so they're trying to shut this down. Listen, when the Spirit of God is moving and he's exercised in the New Testament through spiritual gifts, there was no denying Jesus. So not only is spiritual gifts to encourage one another, but it's to point to Christ, point a watching world to Christ. When you walk in these spiritual gifts that the Lord has given you, Jesus is on display. I don't know if you've ever had an encounter with somebody where you walk up and, I don't know, the Lord's stirring in you. You just go up to that person and say, Really feel, maybe it's a non-believer, they don't know who Christ is. I just really feel like the Lord has put a word for you, and that is this, and you speak a word over them, like, I don't know, I'm just, I'm delivering the message, maybe it's for you, maybe it's not. And all of a sudden, the person's like, how did you know? Like, like how did you know that I was walking through that? And you're like, I, I didn't, man, the Lord just kind of worked through, it's, it was the Lord. And all of a sudden, that person is stirred in their heart, and they're like, tell me more. I'm supposed to go pay for that pump, that person's gas. You go and pump that gas or you pay for those groceries and that person comes and just tears streaming down. How did you know that I didn't have the money to get this? Like I did, man, the Lord knew. And all of a sudden, whether that person knows the Lord or not, they're stirred in their heart of going, I'm gonna know this guy that you're talking about. This is how spiritual gifts are supposed to operate. And, and he says, phantom into flames. We should eagerly want these things, amen? Real quick, let me... Let me give you some practical things with this, what this looks like lived out practically. 
over the last couple of months and even this last year, coming out of, you know, 2020 and this new year, we have a lot of people in the church that are just stirred right now with different ministries that the Lord's putting on their heart and they're coming in. We've got one person that's going, man, I want to start like a, a I want to start like a homeless ministry, but not just to feed. I want to value them. I want to cut their hair. I want to do training. Like, I, I just want to value them. I want them to know that they are loved. Not just fed, but loved. Amen? I don't want to snap selfies with my bag of groceries. I want to love on them. You guys hear what I'm saying? And they're stirred for this. Another person comes up and says, I want to start a freedom ministry. The Lord's doing something in me, and I want to start a freedom ministry. I want to do a celebrate recovery, and I just want to do this ministry. It's going to be great. And, and I'm like, oh, this is incredible. Another person comes up and says, I want to minister to people who've been abused, in particular sexual abuse. I want to minister to these. I want them to know that there's a safe place for them. All these ministries are birthing, and what's happening is, is they're coming in, and the Lord is fanning the flames of their spiritual gift inside of their life. And they're not going, hey, put me at the door and let me greet people, which we need, amen? But the Lord is doing a spiritual gift in their life that's outside of these four walls that they're not going to be associated with just saying the church is a building, but the church is a people. And all of a sudden, somebody's going to go, ooh, I have a heart for that. And they're going to join them. And somebody else is going to go, oh, I have a heart for that. And you're going to join them. And then you're going to bring your gifts to the table inside of those ministries. And all of a sudden, we see Jesus Christ on planet Earth. Man, it's beautiful, church. So practically, we need to be praying that these things are birthed in our life, fanned into flames, and then activated. We've got one who wants to start a prayer walk all over the city. She split it into zones. We're going to talk a little bit about that later, but she's bur burning in her heart for this. I'm like, Lord, keep fanning these things into flames. Why do I share all this? I share all this because you have a all-star here or here. Your role to play is not just to sit and listen and let some all-star here or here or let some all-star here do all the work. The enemy absolutely loves to let 10, maybe 15% of the people do the stuff while the other 80 go, hey, good job, you're doing it. I think the Great Commission will be filled through you. It won't. Do you hear me? It won't. We need everybody. Will you bring those uh, seven gifts up on the screen? Here's what I want to do today in finishing. I want to read through these gifts, and as I read through each one, um, we did this a few years back when Sam was here at McVeigh, and, and uh, I, I, really, I really liked it because it kind of gave you a sense of like where the body of Christ is at. Are we balanced right now in gifts, and are we balanced in what the Lord is doing? It also tells you you're not alone. And so what, what I want to do is I want to give a, an opportunity where I'm going to read through each one of these. And if you feel stirred that you feel like this is one of the gifts that you carry, you may stand up once, you may stand up a couple of times, that's okay because you may carry a couple of these in your heart. But if there's one that really stirs you and you're like, I, that's, I think that's me, I'm gonna have you stand up. We're not alone, we're gonna sit down, okay? Now here's what it's gonna do. It's gonna encourage us that we're not alone and it's meant to encourage you that you have a gift. Now if you don't know what it is, there's a question that we, 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 we talk about sometimes, we talked about a few years ago that he brought up and he says this. He says this question. If you don't know what your gift is, what out of those as we read through them, what leaps out of your heart when Jesus is needed the most in a situation? All of a sudden, there's just a breakdown. Jesus is needed. Which one of those do you absolutely feel like, oh, this is roaring in me? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I'm, gonna, I'm an encourager. I'm a leader. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm to come in with some scripture. I'm a whatever. I'm a mercy person. Which one comes out of you in that moment? Now, 
you're unsure, it's okay. We're going to talk about you here in a minute too. But as I read through these, I want you to process. This comes from a, a, a trek teaching where they teach their trekkers when they're going out in their mission field what kind of gifts they carry. So I'm going to read the prophesying. You, you feel like there's a revelatory grace discerning the in the moment word of God. So you feel like there are times where the Lord just gives you a word for somebody that comes from the, the Lord, but you feel like you just have a word. Look around. You're not alone. You don't be shy. We're going to talk about that. Okay, stay up, stay up. Look, look around. Look around. You're not alone. Look, look. This is beautiful. You're not alone. All right? Thank you. Grab a, you've got this working grace in you that says, I want to accomplish a task. You set up the meal plans when people have babies. All right? You set up the, 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 the different tasks that are happening around ministries or in work environments. Okay, look around. Got a lot of servers in the back. Yeah, stand up, stand up, stand up. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, servers are like, I'm not sure. Is that me? Yep, no, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. I want you to look around. There's a lot of you guys in the room. Look, look, this is beautiful. Here's the body of Christ going to do some things together. All right, grab a seat. Teaching. Teaching is the revelatory grace that reveals the scriptures. You love when Jesus is needed to open the word up and be like, let me just tell you, this is what the Lord says right here. Oh, this is, a, this is good for you. He's got a path for you, young man, right? If that's you and you're teaching, go ahead and stand up if you carry that. Okay, look around. Stand up, stay up. Look around. You're not alone. Look at this. This is awesome. We've got some teaching hearts in this place. All right, grab a seat. Encouragement. When Jesus needed faith, hope, building grace that strengthens, you come in and you're like, I'm going to encourage the heck out of you, right? Stand right there. I see Jesus all over that thing. Look at that. Like, that just manifested right there. I see Jesus all over that thing. All right, so look around. That's you. A lot of encouragers. Amen. Yes and amen. All right, giving. If you're the kind that's going, financial sharing grace that provides, I see somebody in need and I can't just say, hey, go and be well fed. I've got to take care of them. I've got to take care of their needs. If that's you, stand up. Stand up. Amen. Look around. Amen. This is your, this is your gifting. Be proud of that gifting. Amen. All right, grab a seat. Leadership. Visionary grace that empowers groups to purposely and fruitfully move together. You're the kind that's going, all right, here's where it is. One, two, step three, A, B, C. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help lead this thing because I'm a visionary type personality. Stand up if that's you. Stand up, we got some leaders in here, amen. Amen, look at these leaders in here, yeah. All right, look around, all right, grab a seat. And then lastly, oh, mercy people. Where's Colleen, there she is. Mercy people, you have compassion grace that comforts and heals the broken and the hurting. If that's you, when Jesus is needed the most, you're like, I just wanna wrap my arms around you. I just wanna sit with you. Oh, look at that. Stand up. Amen, you guys can go. Die down sometimes. Stand up, this is beautiful. Look around, look around. Amen, you guys can grab a seat. Now, I've got one more, I've got one more. You're in the unsure group. I'm not gonna have you stand, but I wanna say this to you. It's okay. You have no idea where you sit at right now. I want to say to you, it's okay. You press into the Holy Spirit and you surround yourselves with good brothers and sisters in Christ and say, we just pray that over me. I promise you the Lord will come and show you what gift that you have. And you'll feel it the next time something rises up in you, that mercy, will, that encouragement, that teaching will come out of you. I don't know if you saw in this room, but there's a pretty good healthy balance in the body, amen? It's important that there's proportionate gifts in the body. We're not just heavy on one, but there's all these gifts. I was 
telling the last service, I was at a, a, a track meet for my daughter the other day, and I saw a guy with the biggest biceps I've ever seen in my life. He was sitting down, and I'm like, the guy's just, I mean, he could crush me by flicking me, right? He's massive. I mean, I've never, I've truly never seen, like, that big of arms on a guy. And God bless that guy's heart. He got up to go to the bathroom or something, and he essentially waddled because he was small, and he's like, right? And I was like, the dude was huge, and I would never say anything because he would crush me, but there was some disproportion things. Sometimes we can get so heavy on one thing that we forget that Jesus carried all the gifts, amen? So if you're a big bicep, congratulations, you need legs. Amen? So, what happens with each one of these is that the enemy will find a strategy to war against you. He will find a way to try to take what your gifting is and make you feel like you can't walk. If you're an encourager, he will work his tail off to discourage you. If you're a teacher, he'll do two things. He'll try to puff you up with information and no revelation. Or he'll make you feel like you can't even read the word of God and get anything out of it. So just know there's warfare against you. I don't want to pray over all of you. You guys stand today. But know that they've been gifted and say today that every person in this room would know that they've been gifted and set apart to be the body of Christ together with one another. We need each other. I thank you for the one in this room that's sweeping in that back hallway and says, nobody sees me, nobody knows me, but all of heaven is rejoicing that they're operating in their gifting. And I thank you for the visionary leader that's leading the way, Father, and that says, I've got some vision, because all of heaven is rejoicing that that person is leaning into you. And everybody in between, Father, we need them all. Jesus, thank you that you carried every gift, and thank you that you imparted your gifts into every single person. And I'm asking today, Father, that we would stand together, unified as a body, and that we would operate with you as the head and us as the body, and we would show planet Earth who Jesus Christ is. We love you, we praise you, we, we come against every scheme of the enemy right now, trying to take our gifts and discredit them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.